Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. Called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And at FCBC, how do we say it, family? We live, we love. Good, good. Um, I want to turn your attention to the gospel according to Luke. This actually is a scene that I speak about in, 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 uh, in my book, Luke 10. Luke 10, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 11 in the NRSV and in the Message Bible. I was in uh, preaching, uh, I think about a week and a half ago, two weeks, I'm not, I can't remember, in Chicago, and a driver, we had this great conversation. Um, we had, th- I had three different trips from the uh, airport to the hotel, from the hotel to the church, from the church back to the hotel, from the hotel to the airport with this driver. And man, every time we had these deep conversations, he was just really seeking to understand more. Um, he was a member of a church and, and they were looking for a pastor. But we had such an amazing conversation. And um, I thought about it because then since then, he's gone on our website, he's watched services and he sent me a message the other day. He was like, Pastor, they said, live, love, serve. I said, all right, man. All right. But uh, you just never know who's being impacted by, by our words and by our commitments. And so we don't take that lightly. Luke 10, verses 1 through 10. Again, I'm going to read from the NRS. Oh, this is the point of my story. You know, you, you, as you get older, you have these little moments. There was a point to that story. <laughs> the point is, we <laughs> now I'm going to tell you the truth. As I was sharing the story, I literally was trying to remember why I was sharing the story. And then it hit me as I shifted away. No. So we were talking about Bibles in one of our conversations. And he was like, do you use the King James Version? And I responded like over the top, like, no, never. And he was like, why? I was like, well, you know, it's a version of the Bible. It's King James Version. And I said, we don't speak, you know, Victorian English anymore. And we don't even talk like that. And I said, the NRSV version is the version I use because it's probably one of the better translations from Old Testament Hebrew to English and from New Testament Greek to English. And then I said, we use the Message Bible of the church as well because the Message Bible gives some accessible language, right, that we can use. So that's the reason, in case I know somebody been wondering why we just use these versions, but this is why. That was the point. <laughs> and these senior moments. All right, Luke 10, beginning at verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. 
See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into the streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Amen. Let me read that in the message version. Very similar. Later, the master selected 70 and sent them ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he intended to go. He gave them this charge. What a huge harvest and how few the harvest hands. So on your knees, ask the God of the harvest to send harvest hands on your way. But be careful. This is hazardous work. You are the lambs in a wolf pack. Travel light, comb and toothbrush and no extra luggage. Don't, don't loiter and make small talk with everyone you meet along the way. When you enter a home, greet the family. Peace. If your greeting is received, then it is a good place to stay. But if it is not received, take it back and get out. Don't impose yourself. Stay at one home, taking your meals there for a worker deserves three square meals. Don't move from house to house looking for the best cook in town. <laughs> when you enter a town, that's hard for some folk right there. But when you enter a town and are received, eat where what they set before you. Heal anyone who is sick and tell them God's kingdom is right on your doorstep. When you enter a town and are not received, go out in the street and say, the only thing we got from you is the dirt on our feet, and we're giving it back. Did you have any idea that the God's kingdom was right on your doorstep? Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you on today. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the journeys that we all are on, because those journeys are not always easy. In fact, they can be downright challenging and even dangerous, oh God. But no matter what our journeys are, no matter what our destinations are, oh God, there is one thing that should make us feel secure in the midst of the uncertainty of our journey. And that is, oh God, that you walk with us every step of the way. We do not make this trip alone. Thank you, God. Some of us know how much that means, especially when we know the sting of being left alone. To know that you walk with us, talk with us, and are there guiding us is enough to enable us to withstand anything that we encounter along our journeys. Thank you. Thank you. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Remain standing. Let me read the message Bible again. Later, the master selected 70 and sent them ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he intended to go. 
He gave them this charge. What a huge harvest and how few the harvest hands. So on your knees, ask the God of the harvest to send harvest hands. On your way, but be careful. This is hazardous work. You're like lambs in a wolf pack. Travel light, comb and toothbrush and no extra luggage. Don't loiter and make small talk with everyone you meet along the way. When you enter a home, greet the family with peace. If your greeting is received, then it's a good place to stay. But if not, if it's not received, take it back and get out. Don't impose yourself. Stay at one home, taking your meals there, for a worker deserves three square meals. Don't move from house to house looking for the best cook in town. When you enter a town and are received, eat what they set before you. Heal anyone who is sick and tell them God's kingdom is right on your doorstep. When you enter a town and are not received, go out in the street and say, the only thing we got from you is the dirt on our feet, and we're giving it back. Did you have any idea that God's kingdom is right on your doorstep? Amen. Amen. Do me a favor, turn to your neighbor and just simply tell him, neighbor, shake it off. Come on, look to the other neighbor. Tell him, neighbor, shake it off. Put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap of prayer as you take your seat. Shake it off. Shake it. <laughs> Somebody might have needed to hear that this morning. Shake it off. You know, it, it, the more I teach about Jesus, the more I am awestruck by the words we are given that are spoken by Jesus. Because what is amazing to me is, and, and this is a sidebar, but it is amazing to me how so much of Jesus's teachings and Jesus's ways are not really adhered to by many people who claim to be Christian. The, 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 the more, and this is a sidebar, I was just thinking of this, the more you read Jesus' teachings and then you sometimes listen to those who claim to represent Jesus or at least are shaped in ways by spaces that ought to be or claim to be Christian, when you actually line up what we say at times in church and even what we practice at times in churches, it does not line up with many of Jesus's teachings. That's something that I've tried to make clear over my years as a pastor because my personal contention is that part of the problem with Christianity, why there's such a decline, why so many young people are, are, are really not engaged in church at all, especially in our new generation, Gen Z and some millennials, is because they have issues with Christianity. The truth is, I want to tell all of them if I could, well, I got issues with Christianity too. But the issues you have with Christianity are not because of the teachings of Jesus. The issues you may have with Christianity have more to do with some of the practitioners and some of the rituals and traditions that have been created by the practitioners that might really have nothing to do with Jesus's teachings. That is mind-blowing for some people because some people just make assumptions that everybody 
who claims to be a Christian actually takes the teachings of Jesus seriously. And if you live long enough in this journey, you just know that to be not true. Well, that's my sidebar. But one of the things in the midst of that that always amazes me is that when you read Jesus' teachings and many of his teachings to his disciples, we'll, we'll pause again, I got one more sidebar, and, and that is this, that we often look at some of Jesus' teachings and we want to make them applicable to everybody. When the truth is, they're not. Because many times in Jesus' teachings, his teachings that have really shaped what I believe is the Jesus movement were not always given to everybody. When you read the Bible, do this on your own sometime, right? You'll notice that when Jesus is teaching the crowds, very rarely do they ever say what he's teaching the crowds. What we get when he begins to teach is often what he reserves for disciples and for more intimate settings. I say that because that then suggests that some of the deepest teachings of Jesus is not for the crowd, but for those who've made a decision to follow him. You got to get that today. That's important. Because it may be that sometimes we're holding people to a disciple standard, but they're crowd folk. You, you understand what I'm saying? That that everything that is taught ain't for the crowd, it's for those who've made a choice. Because sometimes the crowds show up, but disciples make decisions even when they don't always know the outcome and, and read it. When you get the stuff like, like the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew, Alicia, Matthew 5 through 7, we read that that is the teachings of the kingdom, Matthew chapter 5 through chapter 7. They believe that these are the, the principles, quote unquote, of the kingdom. But right before the beginning of Jesus' teachings, it says this. He left the crowd, went up to the mountainside, and he brought with him, guess who? Disciples. And then he began to teach them. Because everybody who eavesdropping can't make a commitment. And, and so you got to get that. Okay, okay, that was sidebar number two. Let me, let me get to this. So now, when I read Jesus' teachings, the one thing about the teachings that sometimes throw me is that Jesus does not always guarantee safety. Oh, gosh, you see, it got quiet right there. You notice that? When you read the teachings, I ain't talking about the stuff that we create and make up. I'm talking when you read Jesus' te Jesus's teachings, they don't always guarantee safe passage. And, and that's problematic for those of us who use Christianity as a form of protection against the ways of the world. And Jesus doesn't give us safe passage in his teachings. It, he makes it clear things are going to come your way. Things are going to happen. He puts it like this. It rains on the just and the unjust. And so life, as I said a few weeks ago, life be life in, right? And, 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 and the, the how, this is not a word, but the lifingness of life. I like that word, right? Impacts everybody, no matter who we are. Now, why am I saying this? That, 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 that inability to promise security is not because of Jesus's inability. It's because Jesus is equipping and preparing us to live life in this world. We will all encounter things that are problematic, that are troubling, that give birth to feelings of insecurity and fear. That is life. 
But then you would want to believe that somehow if you make a commitment to Jesus, like, like I'm going to be a disciple, that somehow there would be some benefits that come with that. And even when you make the commitment to be a disciple, to follow the teachings of Jesus, you discover very quick that there's no real benefits connected to feelings of security. That's what's terrifying at times. That's why sometimes we gravitate towards things that have Christian names, but not Jesus's teachings, especially those things that give guarantees of, to be easily able to determine who's in and who's out. I know we don't like this because so much of Christianity is about who's in and who's out. So we want to know who's in because we want to make sure that we are in and we want to know who's out because then we want to talk about those who are out. I'm just being honest. There's something about it that makes us feel good about being in. And I wish it was the kind of feel good that makes you want to expand your humanity to have other people. But sometimes the way it makes us feel good is to look at those we deem as not good so we can feel better about ourselves. But can I tell you this? If the only way you can feel better about yourself is by having someone to look down upon, that means that your feelings of security are very thin at that moment. All right? That should be sidebar number three, but I'm going to come back. All right. Here it is. Luke 10. I was going somewhere with this. Luke 10. All right. Jesus is now sending out 70 that he has determined are disciples. In addition to the 12 we know about, here in Luke 10, he's sending out 70. And, and, and as he sends out 70, the scripture says, to send them to the places that he was preparing to go to, to, to kind of to prepare the way. There's nothing really given to make them feel good. I mean, they've already made a decision to follow Jesus, and you would think that Jesus' next move would be to make them feel good about their choice. That's what you would think, right? There should have been a welcome, a celebration. You all are part of the crew now. Rejoice. It's not the case. He says that when I call you in as disciples, I also give an assignment, right? Because, because being a disciple is not just about coming around to celebrate and worship. It's also work to be done. When you are a disciple, that means you made a commitment to follow in the path of Jesus. That means that the ministry and mission of Jesus becomes your ministry and mission at the same time. So then when you enter this work, it is impossible to be a disciple and not have an assignment connected to your discipleship. And that assignment is often connected to your gifts, your talents, your abilities, and your capacity in order to fulfill the assignment that is given. Well, they got an assignment. Go and prepare the places where Jesus is going. Well, that sounds pretty interesting enough. Go to the places that Jesus is going and, and kind of let them know Jesus is on the way, but not just Jesus, that the kingdom of God has arrived. Oh, my gosh. You got to get that part. He's telling them, go let these folk know. Let the people know that God is up to something. The kingdom is right here and it's right now at their doorstep, right present with them. They don't have to die to go there. It's right here, right now. But here's the thing. As you go on assignment to prepare the way, to let the people know, can't promise safe journey. Cannot promise safety. In fact, the images that Jesus used don't make you feel good. I send you out as lambs 
in the midst of wolves. Wait a minute. I wrote this in the book. You, you mean Jesus? You mean you don't you send us out telling us that we are prey. We lambs. We're lambs surrounded by wolves. And wolves are not always gracious to lambs. In fact, wolves desire to consume lambs, destroy lambs. This is Jesus speaking to the disciples he's about to send out and telling them that y'all are lambs and I send you out among the wolves. Okay, you can say to yourself, okay, I can get with that, Jesus. Um, so what I'm taking, this, this, this may, I might have shared, I know I shared this, but this reminds me, those of us who went to South Africa a few years ago before the pandemic, when we went on the safari, the second day of the safari, those who, I don't even know who, who went, who was here, who went, yeah, I see some hands. And the second day in the safari, we went down to the predators, right? I really felt like a lamb that day because, because our Jeep had no doors or bars and we went down there with just open. And so as we were preparing to go down there, the first day we went around the regular animals, you know, it was cute. And, and, and then the second day, though, they said, we going out. So I asked the guy who was driving the Jeep I was on, I was like, so you got like a shotgun or something? Because I ain't seen nothing in his hands. And in my mind, we going down among like, you know, lions and all that stuff. And, and he said, I don't need a gun. And I said, why? He said, well, I speak their language. I said, well, that's good because I don't speak their language, though. So that's how I felt. We went down there, as Jesus tells them, I'm sending you down among the predators. And he said this, don't take anything with you. Take no script. Take, don't even take sandals. Take nothing. Take nothing on this journey as a lamb surrounded by wolves. So you are empty-handed lambs going down among wolves. That's what he said. You have nothing. Can you imagine? The world is already terrifying. And for those who live in a terrifying world, we always feel we need something to protect us in this terrifying world. But here Jesus is saying, as you enter this world surrounded by wolves, take no script. In other words, I'm not giving you some pamphlet of what to say. Take, take nothing that will make you feel comfortable. He's saying, don't take anything that would make you feel safe and comfortable on this assignment as you go as lambs among wolves. These are the words of Jesus. He's letting them know that on this journey surrounded by wolves, don't take a thing with you that will make you feel secure, comfortable, or protected. This is Jesus teaching them, speaking to them. Can you imagine how terrified they must have felt? Yes. Because many of us carry a lot of things we think can protect us. We hold on to a lot of things we think can protect us in this ravenous world. We create security blankets and we attach ourselves to spaces and places and people we think can protect us in this world. And, and sometimes we invest our energy in those spaces and places and people only to find out that they couldn't do the job. 
There's this scene in the book of Job, those who know the story of Job, and, and when, when, when Job loses everything, his, his wealth, his, his family, everything, he says something. He, he's unmoved, and he says, watch this, naked came I into this world, and naked shall I leave, return, right? Watch this. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. That's what he said. But naked came I in this world. We all come into this world naked, literally, but also metaphorically. And what we do is because we cannot handle the exposure, we want to cover ourselves. And we cover ourselves to protect ourselves from the elements. The problem is sometimes, well, in our desire to want protection, we don't always get what is the essence of our journeys. Because pretty soon, if you go groaning for security, and looking for security, you might miss the lessons learned on the journey. Because watch this. The assignment is not about protection. It is fulfillment to honor the assignment. You see why we don't teach like this in church? Because this don't really make you feel good. But this is Jesus, not my words. He said, watch this. And I'm going to get to this and I'll be gone. He said, now, now you're going with nothing, right, to these places, right? Remember, take nothing for the journey. Not even a script, which is deep, because most of us want to know what we need to say. And Jesus here is saying that, well, clearly what needs to be said will come when the moment is necessary, right? He says, wherever you go, make sure, make sure this new thing. Go in and offer your peace. And when you offer your peace, he said, now, when you offer your peace, you risk one of two things. Are they going to accept it or reject it? Now, that's the reality. When you offer your peace, it's going to be accepted or rejected. He said, now, if it's accepted, stay in that place. Let them make provision for you. He said, you know, heal and preach and tell them the kingdom of God is here. But if you go somewhere and you are not accepted and they reject you, he said, go out into the town. He said, and, and, and wipe the dirt off your feet and say, basically, that this is all you gave me. Take it back. And I'm out. That's it. That's the part I like. Now, let me go back again and unpack that a little bit. So he's, Jesus says, go into the places and where your peace is received. Where your peace is received. This is deep because he didn't say where your drama is received. He didn't say where your issues are received. He said where your peace is received, which means you came peaceful. I hope you get that. So this is not just about, about anything, your peace. And my God, what, what is the pathway to get to a point where you can show up offering your peace? Because that in and of itself is not easy, especially when your life has not been peaceful. We don't get that part of the scene. He said, offer your peace. And sometimes your peace is not something you pick up along the way. Oftentimes it's something you've had to learn to protect. 
because because the truth is that peace is actually inherent to your makeup that that calmness of spirit but but again life happens and we walk into this world and things happen to us that seek to rob us of our peace rob us of our joy rob us of our happiness and sometimes we let those things rob us well, not be let they happen to us and then it changes the contours of our disposition because now we feel we must protect ourselves so that we're not taken advantage of again and so we don't have peace to offer we want protection to be seen we want to let people know that you will not hurt me again. And sometimes in an effort to let the world know that you refuse to be hurt again, you put up some tangible or sometimes some intangible manifestations that you will no longer be in that place again. You create a wall around you, sometimes an emotional and psychological wall to keep certain things out because, because you've been taken advantage of before and you don't want to be manhandled or your peace to be trampled upon. And so what happens when you've experienced a disappearance of your peace, you then experience the entrance of protective mode. And then instead of being able to even offer peace, you show protection because now your life is shaped by your unwillingness to be hurt again. But that unwillingness to be hurt again sometimes robs you of experiencing the joy of life. Because when you protect yourself in such a way, it's not that you're keeping things away, you're also keeping things out. Oh, I hope I'm talking to somebody here today. And, and your desire... For protection makes sense, especially when you've been hurt. But the thing is, sometimes you got to walk this fine line because what you do for protection can keep away peace. And what you do for protection can keep away joy. And what you do for protection can keep away love. And so you have to think about yourself and ask yourself, am I living and protecting my peace or am I simply in protection mode? That is something. What does it look like when you live life in protection mode? Always prepared for something to go wrong. Always preparing for an attack. I love this scene because Jesus doesn't tell them as they are praying for predators to be to protect themselves and to be on guard. He simply says, focus on the assignment. Because there are some things in life that are out of your control. In turn, what can I tell you? Sometimes what's out of your control are the people, spaces, and places you encounter along the journey who may not fully see, appreciate, or appropriate who you are. So you can't then measure your life by encountering those situations. Boy, I hope I'm helping somebody here. Because if you try to measure your life by the things you encounter that are problematic, you'll never move. You'll stay where you are because you'll be trying to protect yourself from problems. You'll be cautious. You'll be fearful. You won't take a chance. You won't step out. You won't go on to the deep part. You'll do everything that is necessary to keep your life safe, careful, protected, and manageable because when it was unmanageable, it felt chaotic. And so since you think, you actually think that peace is the absence of chaos, and so you just want to keep away the chaos, and you begin to forget about the peace. When protection is desired to protect you from the chaos, you begin to lose the remnants of the peace you had. I digress. If you offer your peace that you had to work hard to reclaim in the first place, 
that peace you had to work hard to find, that peace that you had a whole lot of therapy to get to, that peace you had to go through some things to arrive at, that peace when you had to find yourself again, that peace when you had come to your senses, that peace when you realized who you were in spite of the forces against you, the peace you arrived at because you had to work hard to get it. He said when you enter a place with your peace and they don't receive you, don't stay there. That's it. He said, don't hang around. Can I tell you something? You know real quick when your peace is being received. You know real fast when they're receiving you. But you got to ask yourself, if I show up and I offer my peace, myself, my restored self, my healed self, my well self, and it's not received, you need to ask yourself, if I know it's not being received, why am I so fixated on staying in the place where it's not being received? I mean, if you work hard for it, think about it. I'm talking to a few folk in here who can be honest enough to say, I had to work hard to get back in my right mind. I had to work hard to be healed from that broken space. I, I had to work hard to be restored. Why would you then enter places? that are replicas of the stuff you got away from and linger in those places if you're not being received. What is it for some of us when rejection is attractive? What, what is it when we keep showing up in the spaces where we're being constantly rejected? Why are you fighting so hard to be in a place and a space that has made it obvious you're not received? Because at that point, it ain't about the place. It's about you. See, because here's the truth. Here's the truth. We know well we are good at, at giving explanation and narrative to those places. Oh, you know, you know the stories you shape about those places. We know how to analyze and be like, listen, that place is no good. All the signs are there that is problematic. I mean, rejection is all over the place. Chaos is all over the place. And yet you keep being drawn to the place. Boy, this ain't for everybody. Because, because this is the kind of work that you have to do to truly be able to walk in your peace. To understand what is it about the rejecting spaces that you keep showing up, expecting things to change. Hold on. This time is going to be different. This time is going to work. This time is ready. No. Every sign over and over and over again makes it clear that this space, that place, and those people don't want you. And yet you keep knocking on a door that no one wants to open. Keep trying to, as he says, impose yourself on a place. No. No. Jesus' directions are clear. If you enter a place and they do not receive your peace, shake them off. Shake it off. 
Why torture yourself to make people receive you? Jesus doesn't say, watch this, sit around until you convert them. He doesn't say, love them back to you. He doesn't say, if you show them your best part, you'll, they'll change. No. He gives no prescriptions for you trying to fix the place. Oh, you got to get that part. And part of the problem is you busy trying to fix a place that didn't want you in the first place. No. He says, shake up. Wipe the dirt. Now, in Jesus' day, wiping the dirt off your feet as you left the place symbolized that you were separating from the rejecting places. Hold on, hold on. That, that shaking, that wiping, that shaking off the dust said that you had made a decision to separate yourself from the place of rejection. What am I saying? Don't shake too soon. Oh, you missed that, didn't you? I know you missed that. Come, let me talk over here. Let me talk over here. Let me talk over here. Some missed that. What do you mean, pastor? I shook them too soon. You shook them before they were out of you. When you shake off the place, you also not simply separate, but it means you've also accepted that this ain't the place for you. You got that? Jesus said, shake it off. Shake them off. Don't try to fix it. Don't impose your will on it. And here's the language of the Message Bible. Don't loiter around. Don't be hanging around, lingering around, thinking, watch this, because you got a fear of missing out. Missing out? What can you actually miss out on in a place that rejects you? No, the truth is they missing out on something because they rejected you. Oh, there it is. I got you. Okay, okay, okay. So the reason why it becomes hard to, to accept and move away from rejecting spaces is because you don't see yourself as something valuable. Oh, there it is. Because if you saw who you are, I mean the fullness and totality of the way God sees you, you would understand the places that reject you, that's their loss, not yours. That's why you don't walk away crying. Matter of fact, walk away celebrating. Thank you. Because I was about to overcommit again. <laughs> I, I was about to make another mistake because I had more hope for you than you had for me. And so I got to get away from this space. Why? Because I love myself too much to stick around and linger in rejecting spaces. So what you going to do? Shake them off. Shake it off. Shake it off. If they can't accept you, shake them off. They don't want you, shake them off. If they're willing to miss out on what God is going to do through you, shake them off. Here it is. Because for every shaken place, there are 10 accepting spaces that are ready to take you on with everything you represent. And so I ain't going to chase you when God got something for me here on the other side. That's it. My reject, my 
rejecting my rejectors. Oh, God. When I reject my rejectors, I accept what God is doing in me, one. And I accept that there are places and spaces that have been made, shaped for me. So life is truly a journey of discovery. Discovering where I need to be and where I don't need to be. Because I am not going to invest energy in spaces and places and people that don't want me. That's a tough one. Because sometimes, sometimes removing yourself from those spaces is difficult. Can I add this to it? Especially when those spaces and places and people were once a safe place. But that safety has run out. And the place that was a place of acceptance and safety has become a place of rejection and pain. You're not obligated to fix it. Because what I've discovered in my life is that sometimes your efforts to fix that place unravels yourself. Have you ever lost yourself trying to fix those places? And then you try to spiritualize it. God has me on assignment to make this place. Hey, what Jesus said. He said, when you're on assignment, if they don't Accept you. Accept your peace. If they reject you. I like this part. Here's the part we don't want to talk about. He said, go out into the town. <laughs> like make an announcement. And this is what you got to tell some folk. You know why I'm shaking you? This is in the text. You know why I'm shaking you? Because you ain't give me nothing worthy of holding on to. It's in the text. All I got was dirt. Oh, gosh. All I got when I entered this place was pain. Toxicity. Rejection. Chaos. Destruction. I even experienced a depletion of me in that place. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you back all of that. Keep it. Because it no longer fits me. Right? Shake it off. You shake it off, shake it off, and realize you can walk away clean. Because God 
has invested so much in me, and I've invested so much in my well-being and my state of mind that I can no longer afford to be in spaces that pull me back to places I've been delivered from. In other words, the reason why I can separate myself is because I've learned to love myself. Love myself so much that I can identify the spaces that I don't belong in. And guess what? I know it's hard sometimes, but can I tell you, you ain't missing nothing. Missing what? Drama? Chaos? A diminishing of who I am? I can do it out there. God has more for me. More for me than to submit myself to those spaces. I reject the spaces that reject me because God is with me. Do me a favor. Stand on your feet today. Stand on your feet. We're going to pray before we get out of here today. And after prayer, don't, don't, don't break out quick. But we got communion today. But I wanted to share these words because it's so easy to spiritualize your tendency to accept rejection. No. You are not, you are not created to accept that. Instead of trying to fit in or make it work, move on. Move on. And I know it gets terrifying sometimes to think of going out into that ravenous world like that unprotected lamb. But you are not alone. You've never been alone. You've never been alone. You just didn't always realize it. And more than that, you are actually good enough. You got to remind yourself of that sometimes. I am good enough. I am amazing. See, when you start putting lofty language on your humanity, it will stop you from accepting withering spaces. No, I'm amazing. In fact, any space would be good to have me. So, so if you don't want me, I'm good. I'm good. Because you know what I found out? This is about people now. Some people act like they're the only people in the world. If you don't want me, I'm fine. I'm moving on. If there's anyone here today, just why show your hands. If right now in this moment, this word hits you because you're dealing with rejection right now, just raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. Yeah. 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 So, so, so there's a whole lot of us in here today who, who are dealing with rejection, right? Now, now, the deep thing is that while you are dealing with rejection, also... Don't leave you behind. Yeah. 
Don't forget your significance. Don't forget who you are. Because sometimes the reason why we mourn over those rejecting spaces is because we forget who we are and how we are. What does that mean? You are issueless? No. That you are perfect? No. That you don't have issues? No. It just means that you are human, but you're also amazing. I said it a few weeks ago. It is possible to be a work in progress and a masterpiece at the same time. You can be both. And so that's why you protect your peace. Come on, beloved, let's pray. God, we thank you today. And we're so grateful, oh God, that you reminded us today that there comes a moment along our journey where we have to be committed to shaking some stuff off. Especially those things, oh God, that are signs of rejection. The truth is, oh God, so many of us have felt the wounds and sting of being rejected. And if we're honest, oh God, some of us have, have lingered too long in those rejecting spaces. Maybe, oh God, because we couldn't see ourselves fully. Or maybe, oh God, because we didn't think that we deserved better. But the truth is, oh God, you didn't create us to be rejected. You created us to love and be loved. And that desire and understanding of loving and being loved is the thing that ought to help us make the decisions to not mourn over spaces that don't want us, but to simply keep on living and keep on moving and keep on believing that not only you're with us, oh God, but that you've brought the right tribe around us, the right friends in the right places and the right spaces that participate in our well-being. God, thank you. Because a whole lot of us, oh God, in here can testify about those spaces that have been healing spaces, nurturing spaces, people who've been committed to our well-being. God, we know that. And because we felt that, experienced that, oh God, that is enough implanted in our memory to not cause us to go backwards into spaces you pulled us out of. We thank you, Lord. We honor you, God. And most of all, oh God, we realize that rejection in a place is not rejection every place. Sometimes, oh God, we got the journey to land in the right place. And we're willing to journey a little bit. God, we thank you today. We thank you today. And it's in your name we pray. We say amen. 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 Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward.